Hello, and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle, and thank you for joining us at www.sonic-cinema.com. If there's a genre that I would consider a guilty pleasure of mine as a movie fan, it is the underdog sports movies. Whether you're talking about the Rocky and Karate Kid franchises, or films like Rudy, The Replacements, or Remember the Titans, or even spoofs like Dodgeball, a true underdog story in basketball, there's something about the genre that just syncs up with me. Of course, I'm a movie and music geek first, but I'm also a sports fan, and it's something that's been a part of me for many years. My favorite sport is football, and I've always been more of a pro football fan than college. Considering that, you can imagine that with the NFL draft coming up this weekend, it's a big deal for me. And since my favorite teams have pressing needs that they need to address, I'll be watching it closely. For those of you who don't know, my favorite NFL teams are the Cleveland Browns and the Atlanta Falcons. And if that doesn't give you an idea of why this genre appeals to me, then honestly, I don't know what will. While I always enjoy the action on the field or whatever playing service we get in movies like Seabiscuit, Blue Chips, or League of Their Own, the two movies that have really resonated with me most in the sports genre of late are Bent Miller's Moneyball and Ivan Reitman's Draft Day. In particular, as a Cleveland Browns fan, uh, both of these films have particular resonance. For Draft Day, um, the, it's a little bit more obvious because of the fact that Sonny Weaver Jr., the Kevin Costner character in Draft Day, is the GM of the Cleveland Browns, and uh, he's trying to make a big splash with his uh, draft choices, and he makes some rather unorthodox moves and uh, decisions on way to uh, a successful draft. Um, we don't really see much on the field, except for video that they're watching of the uh, potential draft prospects. Moneyball this year also has particular resonance with uh, Browns fans. It's based on the novel by Michael Lewis about the 2002 Oakland A's. The reason it has resonance for Browns fans, if you haven't been paying attention, is because of the fact that after another losing, horrible losing season that resulted in both the GM and the head coach losing their job, as well as just having the uh, roster gutted, the front office for the Cleveland Browns is is going in a very different direction and a different philosophy, uh, very much in the vein of the analytics that we see in uh, Moneyball. And actually, uh, Paul D. Pateza, who is the basis for the Jonah Hill character in Moneyball, is actually the chief strategy officer for the Browns. So needless to say, Moneyball means a lot to me this year, and a lot of jokes have been made about the Browns, oh, they're, they didn't weren't big players on free agency except for the fact that they lost four of their quote-unquote marquee players to the free agent market with uh, big contracts going to each of them and uh, the people that they've brought in are very much you know we're not quite sure what to make of them talent wise but they're definitely on the inexpensive side so it's going to be interesting to see if this um if this experiment with uh DePetesta, Sashi Brown, who's in charge of football operations now, and Andrew Berry, who's vice president of player personnel, as well as Hugh Jackson, the coach. It'll be interesting to see if they make this work. And uh, I'm personally optimistic as a Browns fan, but uh, I'm also very terrified that this is 
going to be another thing that sets the team back from hopefully getting back to consistent winning, which happened in the uh, mid to late 80s, uh, which is the era that I really became a Browns fan. I'd been born and raised a Browns fan, but that's the... uh, it's the era that I remember fondest, and it's one that still means a lot to me as far as the players that were involved with it. But I'm not necessarily here to talk about uh, the Browns or the Atlanta Falcons or the Atlanta Braves, who are my favorite baseball team, and uh, have, needless to say, the past few years had some rough moments that made me uh, feel even more for glutton for punishment as a sports fan. But um, I do want, it's important to discuss, uh, especially the Browns this year, because of the fact that they really, what they're doing in real life very much plays into what happens on screen with regards to both Moneyball and Draft Day. Um, Quarterback is still a big need for the Cleveland Browns. We still have not uh, cracked that code since we came back into the league in 1999. I personally think that the uh, acquisition of Robert Griffin III with Coach Hugh Jackson is going to work in our favor. I'm optimistic about that. I think he can um, really turn it around with uh, Coach Jackson. And I feel, you know, and I feel lucky because of the fact that we have a fifth year quarterback with only four years of wear and tear on him because he was on the bench in Washington all last season. So I'm, and a lot of people haven't really mentioned that. And I'm kind of surprised that hasn't really gotten around. I understand why. But I, I think that's, uh, that definitely works in our favor. So quarterback is definitely an important part of the process for, the Cleveland Browns in real life, and it's also definitely an important part of the process for the Browns in Ivan Reitman's draft day, because one of the the big crux of the big story arc is Sonny Weaver needs to make a splash in the draft, and he trades up from the seventh pick to the number one pick, and the number one pick is supposed to be a hotshot quarterback out of Wisconsin, Bo Callahan, and everybody basically agrees he's definitely the number one, the best quarterback in the bunch. The Browns already have a relatively serviceable uh, backup quarterback who has a history of injuries. And it's it's kind of interesting because this when the movie came out in 2014, it was very relevant to the Browns because... Uh, they had a uh, quarterback, Brian Hoyer, who did well before he got injured. And in the subsequent draft, we ended up going with the big hotshot rookie quarterback in Johnny Manziel. And that is the last time I'm going to say his name on this podcast because he uh, he set this uh, team's quarterback search back two years when we chose him. And... I I do hope that he gets his head on straight, but I'm not optimistic. Okay, I'm glad he's out of Cleveland. So there were some parallels even when the movie came out that, you know, the Browns wanted to make a splash in the draft in draft day, and they certainly made a splash in uh, the actual draft for that season. And fortunately, as any Browns fan will attest, that draft ended up being a disaster, and it ended up leaving us 
basically right back where we started in a couple of years. So um, that that being said, uh, one of the thing I you know I I don't really I know Draft Day is not particularly great movie. It's you know it's a romantic comedy. It's a little bit of drama. It's a sports movie. It's it it does seem like it was inspired by Moneyball to a certain extent. It's an underdog movie and it's it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's pretty much all it is. Uh one of the things I feel like Draft Day and Moneyball um do well in particular with their main characters, uh Sonny Weaver Jr., the Kevin Costner character in Draft Day, and uh Billy Bean, the general manager of the A's played by Brad Pitt in Moneyball, is it basically focuses in on a particular decision that they make that both of them want to set upon their own path. They want to go against the grain for what people expect people in their position to do. And it's one of the more entertaining parts of the uh, movies. It's one of the most engaging aspects of the movies. And it's something that has really resonated with me a lot over the past few years, just the idea of, you know, what is that one thing, that one moment that, you know, you become your own person, and you become the person that you feel like you can be, but even though few people really, really believe in what you're about to do, and people will think you're crazy, people will think you're taking... Too many chances, but the fact of the matter is sometimes you have to do that in order to uh, make a name for yourself and make a uh, splash um, that's going to make people stand up and take notice. And that's one of the, that's been one of the most aggravating things as a Browns fan and, subsequ- and to a certain extent as a Falcons fan. The Falcons have been a little bit more consistent, but they've come off of a three-year run now where it's been really frustrating. They haven't had the defense. Their offense has been wasting. This past year was really frustrating. Um, Most of their needs are on defense, but there's also been the sense that they need to regain a few uh, key elements on offense in order to get back to the level that we know they're capable of playing. But that one moment, that one decision that basically is going to make or break uh, Billy Bean and Sonny Weaver Jr. in these movies, that is the big moment. That is the big arc. It's not necessarily about winning a big game. A little bit more Moneyball, it's about that. But at the same time, it's basically about... It's about the individuals at the center of the movie and what they're going to do, what their mark is going to be made. Uh, both for the franchises that they represent in the movies as well as the sports themselves. It's one of the more... It's applicable in the stories of both Draft Day and Moneyball are applicable you know, to anybody. It doesn't matter what type of profession you're in. It doesn't matter what type of thing you want to do. It just... It makes a difference in the sense that you you see what these people do, you see what Billy Bean does, you see what Sonny Weaver does, and it's like, what is that moment for me? Or 
what what um what was how do how does that relate to me and that's that's one of the great things about movies like this and that they ultimately come down to people they ultimately come down to decisions that the people at the center of them make and I think the sports movie in particular is applicable in a lot of ways in terms of this, whether you're talking about Rocky, Karate Kid, Moneyball, Remember the Titans, Facing the Giants, um, Rudy, League of Their Own. It basically comes down to the person at the center of the movie and whether that person can find the place that he's supposed to be. It's usually he. Let's be honest. It's usually he. Yeah. So it's it's all about it's about all about that one thing that's going to define you, and whether you let success be defined by what other think other people think you should do compared to what you think you should do, and that that's something that really holds me about both Mindball and Draft Day, even though. I, I think Moneyball is a great film. Most people will think it's a pretty great film. Uh, it it wasn't... I didn't necessarily think it was a great movie when I saw it but the first time, but the more I've seen it... And uh, I think it was after a uh, an interview with Brad Pitt, who was promoting it around the time of the Oscar nominations, that I really realized it's like, oh, that that's actually an interesting perspective on it. And so I gave it another chance, and it drew me in even more and it drew me in even more. It's probably my favorite sports movie right now. And it's very, part of it is because of the fact that it's very cerebral and I've become very much more into uh, movies that make me think, movies that make me feel and the way that that works in some movies as opposed to others but it also fits within the realm of the underdog sports movie, you know, because especially in basing it on the uh, 2002 A's season, there was a moment in that season where the A's were at the bottom of the barrel and nothing was working, and then all of a sudden things started clicking in a way that they weren't at the start of the season, and they ended up saying the... American League record for uh, 20 consecutive wins. And normally that would be the climax of the film, but it really isn't because basically the climax of the film is the way that Billy Bean and uh, Peter Brandt, the character, the composite character played by Jonah Hill based on Paul D. Patezda, um, who's now after years of being in baseball is now with the Cleveland Browns. It's in the way that they change people's thinking on what makes a winning baseball team. And, you know, in the postscript, you see that even though Billy Bean doesn't take the Red Sox offer to be the GM, he affects that team in a way that they won their first world championship in 86 years. So... I mean, the idea is that even though they couldn't win the last game of the season in, you know, meaning the World Series, they ended up having significant change in the game itself. And we still see that nowadays. 
And, you know, it's one of those things where you feel like the Braves are trying to do their version of Moneyball, but for some reason it just hasn't clicked. Maybe it will sometime, hope, next year when they move to Cobb County. But, um, you know, it's just not happening this year. And, you know, my wife and I went to a baseball game on Friday, and it was just, it was frustrating. So that's the, that's what I wanted to say about Moneyball. As far as draft day, I mean, I enjoy it because it's the Browns. I I don't know. I probably would still enjoy it if it was another team, but it has particular resonance for me because I'm a born and raised Browns fan. Uh, I remember the drive. I remember the fumble. remember those uh, back and forth with Elway in the uh, 80s. I remember Bernie Kozar, Kevin Mack, Ernest Biner, Webster Slaughter. Gerald McNeil, the dog defense, the start of the dog defense, and then the feeling when they were moved to Baltimore was devastating. It was just horrible. And then I was excited when they were coming back, but it just, the excitement has been difficult to maintain because of how much they've lost. I mean, I think they've only had two winning seasons in the past 16 seasons, and that is just... I mean, it's been painful. Hopefully it will turn around uh, this coming season. But, um, you know, in draft day, you start the, you get the feeling that they're going to. And, you know, there's a part of me as a Browns fan that I, I like the tenacity. I like the ambition that Sonny Weaver shows. I, there's parts of me that wish that the Browns would show that. Maybe they'll show it more this year. But, you know, more importantly, be smart about uh, showing the ambition and choosing players that are more or less going to be successes as opposed to uh, projects and uh, people end up being problem childs, like uh, the e-quarterback who must not be named and uh, wide receiver Josh Gordon, who could be a fantastic player if he would just keep clean and be reinstated. I don't, even if he does get reinstated, I don't think the Browns will keep him, but because I don't think it really works in their favor to do so. I would love to see him in Browns jersey again. I would love to see him in the same way he peaked in 2013, but I just don't see it happening right now. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure uh, <clears throat> Sonny Weaver, the, the Costner character in draft day would feel the same way and um you know it's it's one of those things where you know life imitates art hopefully <laughs> uh for for us um hopefully both of these films will uh you know hopefully the ideas in both of these films will more or less play out in real life uh not that you know Sashi brown or de patez or um, you know, going to be watching these films, studying these films, say, oh, we need, this is, you know, this is what we need to do. It's like, no, just focus on the players. Get the players right. You know, I enjoy these movies because I'm a movie buff. I'm a sports buff. And I love me a good underdog story. And that's end of story. I I really, uh, you know, I I want to see... I want to see both of these films, you know, I want to see the successes in these films carried over into uh, my real life uh, favorite franchises. 
Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I love about these films is because they do resonate with me on a personal level, not just as a movie geek, not just as somebody who has particular ambitions in life, but as somebody who is a sports person who finds myself consistently frustrated by my sports teams and wanting to see, wanting that one moment that pushes them into the uncharted territory being unexpected success. And Browns, the Falcons have had that more than the Browns have. The Browns, I'm so hoping it happens. I hope they get this draft right. I hope we see Robert Griffin III playing like he did in 2012. I like, I hope we see, you know, even if they don't make the playoffs this year, and I'm not, you know, I'm not deluding myself to think they will, but I mean, I want to see marked improvement. I want to see them being able to uh, deliver hope to this franchise that I've loved since I was a kid and continue to love and will always love. I mean, that's that's my hope. And I hope that, uh, you know, I mean, I, I hope to see that team in particular, the Browns in particular, just really have the same moment that we see the Oakland A's and Brad Pitt's Billy Bean have in Moneyball and Kevin Costner and the Browns have in draft day and just really hit a home run when everybody else looks and goes, what the hell are you doing? So that's really all. I, uh, I had the idea of this because the draft was coming up, because Moneyball and draft day have been on my mind recently. And so thank you for indulging me. I'll get back to, um, you know, I've got plenty of other ideas for podcasts. I've got more interviews. I'm grateful for the feedback I've gotten from people on the interviews I had for Alienate. I definitely want to do more filmmaker interviews. That was a lot of fun to do. And uh, But on the eve of the draft, I thought it might be fun to uh, sort of let the movie nerd and the sports geek and me sort of collide and just have fun talking about these two movies that I love and how they relate to one in particular franchise that I will always cherish and uh, always have a soft spot for. So thank you very much for indulging me. Uh, this is Brian Scuttle and www.sonic-cinema.com. I know I've been behind on Movies Week. I've been behind on uh, reviews of new movies. I've had a lot going on, had a lot of personal stuff going on this month. Hopefully, hopefully I'll get back on uh on track here soon I'm looking forward to it and uh we got the summer movie season coming up with captain america civil war starting next week can't wait for that got x-men apocalypse got id4 got finding dory got um the bfg spielberg's new one which i cannot wait for and uh yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, promising movies this summer, so hopefully I'll be able to uh, share my thoughts with those with you on those on a uh, more timely basis. And for now, this is the Sonic Cinema Podcast and Brian Scuttle saying thank you very much and good night. <laughs>